0: Welcome to Self Love Tarot, a podcast about enriching our lives through practical spirituality, self love, and the tarot. I'm your host, Gretchen Evangelista. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Self Love Tarot. Thank you for joining this episode today. We're going to be talking about the Hanged Man. The Hanged Man. What an amazing card. And I think I just I love the simplicity of the message that the Hanged Man gives us. And I know you guys will be so excited for this episode because the message of the Hangman is really here to soothe all of us, especially with recent events unfolding. A lot of people are reacting in a sense of like going out and stocking up on lots of toilet paper, lots of water. And then there are other people who are maybe underreacting and not acting like it's a big deal. And so wherever you are in the spectrum of reactions, the hangman is here to soothe you and let you know that it's okay to feel and experience whatever you're experiencing right now. So we're going to explore this concept in a variety of different ways and in a variety of different perspectives, because sometimes the more simple something is, the easier it is to write it off as insignificant. Our minds love complexity. It loves when things are complicated because it gets a hit off of that puzzle. You know, like if there's something to be solved, if there's a problem to be solved, it's like, yes, I am your man. I'm your guy. Let's work on it. So I bring to you this message that will be repeated over and over and over again throughout this podcast, not to annoy you, but to really convey how powerful and transformative it can be in your life. So if your mind is like mine, and it wants to just write this off as something too simple, not interesting enough, just be aware of that. Be aware of your mind wanting things to be more complicated. So let's take a look at the Hanged Man, the actual imagery of this card, and what he's doing, and some of the symbolism that is represented in the traditional versions. So in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, we typically have a man who's hanging by his ankle, upside down from this tree-looking thing, maybe it's a branch, maybe it's a wooden pole that's been fashioned to a T, I honestly don't know. But he's hanging from this tree-looking thing, (laughs) and he is depicted to have this enlightened halo or lights around his head, which is often depicted in other spiritual figures like other holy saints or Jesus, or if you, you know, look at other traditional Christian or um, maybe non-Christian symbolism, I'm very familiar with Christian symbolism, so I'm always going to refer to that first. But it might also be present in a lot of other non Western religions as well. But I think the imagery in this card is really meant to confuse you, right? Like, first glance, you're like, why is this guy hanging upside down from his ankle and looking content? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's meant to stop you in your tracks and puzzle you and kind of be like, okay interesting. It's unconventional. It's odd. It's like, why is this person hanging upside down? And why does he look so at peace with it? Is he doing it for circulation reasons? Is it better for the oxygenation of his brain? (laughs) This card sparks lots of curiosity in most people just based on how different it looks. And here's the simple message that the hanged man brings to all of us. You are doing everything exactly right. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Even all the things you think you shouldn't be experiencing, even all the things you think you've messed up, even all the mistakes you've made, the regrets, the failures. Yes, this card is here to tell you that, yep, you did all of that exactly right. Even the jealousy you may feel, even the envy you may feel, yep, that's exactly right. You're right on track with that. You were doing absolutely everything exactly right. Your own interpretations of the tarot and what it means to you, yep, that's exactly right. The anger you may feel towards someone after years and years, yep, that's exactly right. You getting yourself into credit card debt, yep, you did that exactly right. This teaching is amazing mostly because it confuses the hell out of us. And this card can really open us up with this work. With the hanged man's unconventional approach to enlightenment, we can embody this unconventional approach to our own awakening and understanding of our lives and our actions in a way that is always empowering for us. And before we get any further with this, let's talk about all the obstacles to not feeling comfortable in validating yourself in this way. Because I'm sure some people's first reaction to this message is, aren't I just condoning bad behavior though? If I say that I'm doing everything exactly right in regards to the situations that are no good for me, then won't that just perpetuate it even further? And so let's just sit with that for a second because that's a valid argument, right? Let's go through an example Um, So let's say I ate five cookies for dinner. No, I ate cookies in addition to dinner. So (laughs) I mean, like who could just have five cookies for dinner, right? So let's be realistic here. I ate five cookies after dinner. And these were not just tiny little cookies. I'm talking about five big cookies, like those chocolate chip cookies you get from Costco. Yes, I know. I know you know exactly what I mean, (laughs) And so you eat five of those bad boys. And then in my head afterwards, I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. That was wrong of me. That wasn't supposed to happen. I should have stopped myself after the one cookie. I should have put the cookie jar away after that. I should have had more willpower. I'm not taking care of my body properly. I'm harming my body for all the cookies I've eaten. I'm so horrible. I'm making myself sick. I'm a horrible person. I can't be trusted to take care of myself. I shouldn't even try anymore. (laughs) And I know that sounds super dramatic, but I swear that is the dialogue that goes through my mind where it's just like, You're a horrible, horrible, horrible person for eating five cookies after dinner. And the big kind, the Costco kind, not the little kind. (laughs) So that incessant dialogue that happened right there, is that better? Is it better to beat yourself up like that than to let yourself feel good about yourself? Is it better to punish yourself with guilt instead of treating yourself with the respect and the understanding that you deserve? Sometimes, when we're resistant to validate ourselves and we think that we're just going to condone the bad behavior, we're often thinking, okay, so the solution is to beat ourselves up even more. Our default is often beating ourselves up. So, we think that that is the solution and that is better than making ourselves feel good in the moment, regardless of what goes on. So, let's do that again, but with the application of this work. You eat five big ass cookies from Costco after dinner, and you immediately feel like you shouldn't have done that. And so your response is I did that exactly right. Everything that I chose to do in that moment, all the emotions I experienced in that situation, all the reasons why I did it, all of it is exactly right. I am doing everything exactly right. Even my initial response to feel bad about my choices. I did a great job with that. Even as I'm sitting here feeling bloated and the fact that I need to unbutton my pants in order to breathe, (laughs) I am doing everything, this whole experience. I'm doing this whole experience exactly right. I am right on track with this. I am doing this correctly. That was 100% correct. And even all the doubts I'm having about this process, about saying all of this is exactly right, All of the doubts that are surfacing for me right now is exactly right. And so when we speak to ourselves like that, we're able to embrace all of our experiences as right. Because to take an experience we have and call it wrong never, ever serves us. Even if we say, oh, you know what, I did it to myself, right? And when we say that, we think we're taking responsibility for ourselves, by judging and shaming ourselves. But is it really taking responsibility for ourselves or are we beating ourselves up? It's important to know the difference between the two. One feels good and one makes us feel wrong. And when we feel wrong, when we feel like we just aren't doing life the right way, that is when we continue to perpetuate the cycles of self-hatred. You can't Try to correct yourself with self-hatred and then expect anything other than self-hatred as a result. This practice is not spiritual bypassing and it's not putting your head in the sand or anything like that. It's giving yourself that validation that you've always wanted. What you're doing is seeing yourself for who you truly are. And when you do that, you are ending the cycles of self-neglect. And it is actually the opposite effect that you think. In embracing experiences exactly as they are, knowing that you are right on track with your spiritual journey, that is when you can start to make choices from a place of self-care and self-love. When you stop beating yourself up in your own inner dialogue within your own inner world you naturally stop beating yourself up with a certain external choices and decisions you make affecting, you know, your outside world. Your external world is always acting as a mirror for your internal world. So if you want to experience more love and appreciation, we must first start within. We must step in as the source of our own love and validation first. What if you were doing a tarot reading for someone and you get a card and your genuine answer, like the only answer or response to that card that is coming up is, I don't know. Have you ever been in that scenario? I know I have plenty of times. And it's something we have anxiety and fear around, right? Like it's one of the reasons why we might be hesitant to start reading tarot for others because we're so terrified of being in a position of not knowing, but what if, what if the answer of I don't know is exactly the right answer? What if that was the correct answer, the correct response, the correct interpretation of that card for you and the seeker at that time? What if you treated all the I don't know moments of your life as exactly the right answer, exactly the right thought or feeling you should be having at that moment in time? And I will say, it's incredibly refreshing to hear that from other people, to hear other people admit that from a place of humility and say, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And to realize that it's okay when you don't know. And whenever an I don't know moment shows up in your life, it doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. It's a sacred I don't know. It's the holy, I don't know. It's exactly right, and you are exactly right for experiencing it. You're not supposed to know until you know. What this means is you can trust the rightness of your experience, that your experience is right, that if the answers aren't immediately there right when you want it, you can trust in divine timing which means all the right answers will come at exactly the right time. All the things I'm searching for will arrive at the perfect time, and I don't need to manipulate or control or strain myself for it to arrive. We live in a society that prides itself of knowing. You get an A-plus in school because you know all the answers. And we get Fs if you don't know the answers. If the teacher calls on us in school and we don't know, it's flat-out embarrassing. We've been punishing ourselves for not knowing. And we tell ourselves we should know. We should know all the answers. We should have been more prepared. But you were perfectly prepared for life. Always. What I see in the hanged man is a dude who is just celebrating life, celebrating the unknown, celebrating his present moment experiences with the realization that he is doing everything exactly right, 100% correct. Like he is getting an A plus in school right now, in the school of life. <laughs> the other day I was beating myself up about my face breaking out and I've been dealing with acne for a very long time. And I'm 25 right now, and I've been on and off acne medication for years. And so about six months ago, I had stopped taking acne meds. And since then, I haven't had much breakouts except for recently. And all I've been doing to myself is just beating myself up for it and being mad at my skin and myself for having acne still. And so the other day, I used this situation to practice this exact teaching. I looked at the acne I had in the mirror and I said to myself, this acne is 100% correct. This situation is exactly as it needs to be. And then I went in and I took a look at my own judgments of myself and I said to myself, I am doing this exactly right. My response to this is absolutely right. It's absolutely 100% correct. And I get an A plus for this exact experience that I'm having. And when you first do this for situations where you've been really resisting and fighting, it feels so weird. It's like when you are arguing with someone and you're getting so mad and then all of a sudden in the middle of the argument, the other person goes, you're right. You're absolutely right about everything you've been saying. And at that moment you're like what what just happened I'm so confused and you're like standing there so ready to fight them but then suddenly there's nothing to resist against and they're agreeing with you and there's nothing to prove to them because all of a sudden they just they're just agreeing with you that's what happens with this hangman type energy it leaves your mind feeling a little confused and puzzled and you're just like wait what What do you mean I can just hang around here and just be where I am and still deserve to feel like I'm doing a good job? I don't understand. I'm not doing anything. How can that warrant praise? And here's why this approach is so freaking amazing. Because in doing this, it trains our subconscious to remember that in those moments where we feel like we're doing everything wrong, we still deserve more love, not less as Matt Kahn likes to teach in his book, Whatever Arises, Love That. In those moments where we aren't being peaceful, when we aren't loving ourselves, when we aren't being kind to ourselves, we still deserve more love, not less. This podcast is about self-love, and part of self-love is loving yourself during the moments of not loving yourself, and not forcing yourself to love yourself when you feel like you aren't ready to do that just yet. And to know that it's okay if you don't love yourself yet. It's okay to have no idea how to start loving yourself. It's okay if you look at the mirror and you don't like what you see at all. It's okay if you are beating yourself up about it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And when we realize we deserve more love, not less, in those situations... Validating our experiences as right is a way we can allow the love to enter. When we constantly tell ourselves we're wrong and not being spiritual enough or not doing life right, that is treating yourself as if you deserve less love because you're having those experiences. But there is no experience you can have that deserves less love. Absolutely none. And here's the amazing part. When you acknowledge that everything you are feeling, everything you are thinking, everything you are doing is exactly right, you are then at the greatest capacity to allow others to see the rightness of their experiences as well. And your presence becomes this calm, soothing energy that is able to hold space for others as they work out their own experiences. Sometimes I find myself in situations where someone is venting to me about how annoying someone is or how awful a situation is. And it's taken me many years to realize how to deal with these situations where you don't necessarily want to join the gossip or agree with them, but you also don't want to be judgmental of them. And I know everyone has a different way of dealing with these situations. And there are definitely situations where you've feel compelled to put your foot down and speak up with lots of swords energy to it. But there are other times where life is calling you to be a little bit more gentle with it. And that just brings me to remember a friend I had in nursing school who was such a great example of gentle openness with others. She is naturally this fun-loving, happy-go-lucky kind of gal And everyone loved being around her because it was just guaranteed some laughs and silliness all around. And so oftentimes when we would be in a bunch of us in a group and we'd be complaining about how difficult a professor is or complaining about the program and, you know, like those very solid complaining sessions where everyone is just vomiting out all these complaints and we're just getting a kick out of it. Whenever we would get into that mode I've always noticed that she just hung back and she kept quiet and we would be so intense with our complaining and our rants that we wouldn't even notice. But I watched her one time, not in a creepy way, I swear, but (laughs) I just noticed that she was just sitting there with a slight grin as she would listen to us, but like listening with a sense of appreciation. And I got the feeling that she wasn't paying attention to the little complaints we had. And she wasn't getting sucked into the stories we were sharing. She wasn't actively agreeing or participating in the conversation. She just sat there in total appreciation of us. And by the way, I've gotten no confirmation that this is actually what she was doing. She totally could have been zoning out and thinking about puppies or something else but the energy she gave off from my perception of it was so warm and allowing. It was as if she was holding the space for us. She was holding open this big, calm container that was able to hold all of us in our worries and our fears at that moment. And she didn't sit there and judge us. She wasn't sitting there and thinking, look at these people who just complain all the time. I need to just cut myself off from these complainers and these negative energy people. They're just ruining all of the good vibes. (laughs) Nope. She just held the loving space for us to work out all of our experiences, um, knowing that each one of us were right in our own experiences. And I think that's why everyone loved her and wanted to be around her and that's why she was able to bring so much joy into people's lives because whenever you were around her, you just felt accepted. Just because your views didn't match her views wasn't a reason for her to turn away from you. There was no need to correct me for my story or my perception because all of our current experiences, no matter how seemingly positive or seemingly negative it is, All of it is here as stepping stones to guide us forward. And if we treat our own experiences like that, if we treat other people's experiences like that, then we go from defending and fighting, correcting and hurting to allowing, loving, soothing and accepting. So whenever I'm in a situation like that where someone is venting to me and complaining, if it feels appropriate for me to do so, I just let them talk and I lovingly listen. I become a witness to the magnificence that they are and the magnificence of the way life is unfolding for them and how life is bringing them these amazing experiences, these perfect thoughts, these perfect emotions, which pave the way to a greater understanding for them. And I think of my friend from nursing school and I'm just inspired to just hold the space for them and appreciate the rightness of their experience. And if you've meditated before, it's kind of like the same concept. You're sitting in meditation and thoughts start to fill your mind as you're trying to focus on your breath. And if you think about it, the goal of meditation is not to stop thinking. The goal is not to condemn all the thoughts that are relentlessly arising within you, When all you're trying to do is be zen and focused on your breathing, the goal is to allow all that arises within you, the feelings and the thoughts, and to not get caught up in them or engage in them in any way. And to acknowledge that your mind is thinking and leaving it at that. And to stay in appreciation of the fact that thoughts are arising in your mind and you're able to step back and witness them. It's a very beautiful thing. When we make others feel wrong, when we make ourselves feel wrong for what is simply naturally arising within all of us, that is when we create our own suffering and wage a war on life itself. You know that hypothetical question of if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, what would you tell her? My response would be, you're doing everything exactly right. All the insecurities, all the hate, all the blame, all the fear, all the lashing out. Yes, you are doing everything exactly right, my love. All the negativity, yes, that is exactly right, because the negativity will make way for exactly what is supposed to occur for you. You will encounter all the necessary obstacles and dark nights in order to get to know your true magnificence. The intensity of those experiences act as huge catalysts towards your awakening, towards more consciousness, towards more love, towards more gentleness. Sometimes it takes a whole lot of self-loathing to wake up and to realize you deserve so much better. And honestly, I wouldn't change a damn thing about my past. And even if there is still some regret lingering, I believe in the rightness of regret still lingering. Because all those experiences acted as rungs in a ladder, constantly moving me up and up and up. Ultimately, what the Hankman offers us is the gift of validating our own experiences. On this podcast, I've been trying to share more and more of my personal stories Um, about my experiences and how all of this can translate in a practical way. Because I know that when I hear about someone going through the same exact thing as I'm going through, it can be incredibly validating and it can be an incredible gift and bring more peace to my own understanding of my personal situation. Because suddenly it shifts from being alone and being wrong to being right and belonging. It shifts from being wrong to being okay that it's happening. And in hearing other people's same experiences just gives us validation for our own experience. It's like if you're taking Benadryl for the first time and suddenly you start to get sleepy and you're freaking out and you're like, oh my God, why am I sleepy? Something's not right here. And then someone tells you, oh man, yeah, Benadryl just knocks me out like crazy. I always go to sleep when I take Benadryl. And when they tell you that, it tells your brain, oh, okay, nothing has gone wrong. I'm supposed to be feeling this way. And then you start to calm down about it. And I know I feel like when I look at people on social media, it's so easy to assume, oh, yeah, they don't have adult acne. Like, their skin's beautiful. They don't sit in the mirror and look at their skin and feel frustrated by it. But I know a lot of people do. And um, and I know Jess Lively from the Lively Show podcast, which is an amazing podcast, by the way. She talks about her skin a lot and her recent struggles with acne. That really helped me go, okay, like I'm not the only one, I'm not alone. And it's okay to be still dealing with this. It's okay to have days where you aren't able to look at your skin or you're just horrified by looking at all your acne scars and it's okay to be in that place and you're not alone. And so if you're in a place where it feels good for you to do and you're ready to share with others more about your life, this is something that you can practice doing. Just practice validating other people's experiences by sharing parts of your own journey with them. You can share the behind the scenes of your life Because otherwise, everyone will just assume that your life is perfect. And it's exactly as it seems on social media and on Instagram. Like, for example, um, one of my all-time favorite bands when I was younger, and still is my favorite band now, (laughs) 30 Seconds to Mars, they came out with their album, This Is War, um, years ago. I don't even know when. Which had like 13 or 14 tracks on it. And um, it is a very beloved album by all the people who are fans of the band and one of my favorite albums to listen to, especially when I'm working out. But anyways, I saw that they had written about a 100 songs and only 13 made the cut. And it just showed me that all the attempts that I've made, all the failures, all the things that never worked out in my business or whatever, like all of that crap is normal to be going through. And that my experience of building my business, of building this podcast— of building my life, is exactly right, and that I'm right on track with all of it. I don't need to go out and take action to make it different than it is. I can just hang back and trust that I'm exactly where I need to be with this. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Love Tarot. Again, my name is Gretchen Evangelista. You can follow me on Instagram at selflovetarot. And before I go, I just want to let you guys know of an online workshop I'll be teaching in April, April 19th to be exact. Um, and it will be hosted by the Sage Sisters. And the topic is self-talk for self-care. And so basically this will be my third round of teaching this workshop. So I'm super excited and each time I teach it, I feel like, It gets better and better, and I'm able to add a lot more content to the workshop. So this third one will be an absolute blast. It's online. And so if you guys are interested in joining me, go ahead and click on the link in the show notes below to get your tickets. And I would be super psyched to see you guys in that workshop. So if you guys are interested, let me know. Get your tickets, and I will see you then. But otherwise... I will see you guys next week for another amazing episode of Self Love Tarot. I hope you guys have a great one. Stay safe out there and have a great week. Bye.